You're listening to Hey everyone, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, love, family, relationships, and all things modern culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang. It is so good to be back, and I'm so sorry, y'all. I've been gone for a minute. If you're new to the podcast, welcome to my virtual living room. Uh, I hope that you'll kick off your shoes. Side note, I'm Asian. And make yourself comfortable because we're going to talk some stuff out. This week, I am flying solo for the uh, feature topic because I wanted to share a quick update on some exciting news, a big milestone in my life, and reflections on that, and also kind of the future of this podcast. So stay tuned because we're about to get into the topic. All right. So for those of you who've been following along, y'all will know that I am the executive director of a nonprofit organization called Collaboration. And this week's feature topic is my story about the fact that I just quit my job. And it's a long time coming. I've been actually talking about it for quite a while. I've been reflecting on the many different hustles that I got going on in my life and, um, what I wanted to do, you know, so uh, I made the leap. That's, uh, that's where I'm at right now. So I want to share kind of the story a little bit, because it relates very much to the reflections to anybody who is transitioning into a new phase in their life or considering transitioning to a new job or leaving behind something. Um, I've learned a lot from this job. It's been a huge, huge learning lesson. Um, It's given me a lot of purpose and experience that will literally impact the entire rest of my life. So I I definitely want to share my lessons learned uh, with the audience and everyone out there in the world who could benefit from it. I'm a total millennial, and um, I guess that is my segue into sharing how collaboration started. I graduated from UC Berkeley in 2008. I took an extra year at UC Berkeley to study abroad and to finish up my public health degree. And I was very much in the mindset my, for a bulk of my life on being a doctor. So for my friends and all my, all my audience members, y'all will know I'm a huge science geek. Um, I've always been pretty good at STEM classes, good at math, I love bio, not so good at chem, not so good at physics, but bio, anatomy, physiology love. It's been top my list. And I always wanted to help people. I always wanted to make sure that people could be well. I think that started with my father because he smokes. And um, yeah, I wanted to make that my career. So my path was always with the objective of becoming a physician. And I explored that very heavily, especially in high school for all four years where I was part of a health and bioscience career pathway. And it was really exciting because I think I was just so fortunate to be in a high school where the faculty put together this program. I mean, really, if that didn't exist, I think it would have delayed my investigation of that career till much later. I probably would have learned about it, you know, in college onward, which I'm just so thankful to Mrs. Emerson. Shout out to Mrs. Emerson at Amateur Valley High. Uh, 
you're the real one. <laughs> she put together this program my freshman year, and I spent those four years taking health every single year, shadowing doctors, learning about the health career, um, doing projects, and understanding my options at a really young age. So that's how I entered Berkeley. I entered Berkeley with a molecular cell biology major. Quickly learned uh, because I was surrounded by a bunch of overachieving brainiacs. I mean, that's I'm not I'm not hating. I'm like praising. I just felt very inadequate because I was realizing very quickly how much I fell short. But it also helped me find where I excelled and what I liked. So I I went down that path with molecular cell biology. I switched to public health. I found that that was way more my speed because that integrated the social sciences. And I've always been fascinated with people. I've always been just you know, obsessed. Well, this kind of goes in hand in hand with I loved acting. I loved movies. I loved TV shows. I loved music since I was very young. And um, the human mind and the way that people interact with one another always fascinated me. So when I found public health, which was a fusion of the sciences with social sciences and kind of looking at everything through a wider lens and understanding how health behaviors, how different epidemics, how different you know, trends and uh, data sets really describe like, why do we do what we do as people? Why are alcoholism rates higher here than there? Why are smoking rates higher here than there? What are the rates of STDs? And how does that reflect on our, you know, our behavior and our relationship with sex? What things impact those behaviors? So that was my world. And I will be eternally grateful that I, I went down that path. And I still think that to this day, it applies very much to my world now, even though I'm in the entertainment industry, nonprofit world and, you know, media, I still think it just colored the way that I take in the world and the way that my brain interprets or categorizes or analyzes things. It really set that um, that framework. So I'm always grateful to my UC Berkeley days, grateful for all the people who I learned from. And during that time, that's when I learned about collaboration. So while I was in this very, very academic world, surrounded by incredibly smart people who were, you know, I just, I, I met these people who were just astounding to me and how brilliant they were um, and how I interacted with them and where I could contribute. During that time, I, I found out about collaboration through the interwebs. Uh, this is before YouTube existed. Actually, YouTube came into existence while I was in college. I'm totally dating myself. Don't care. Um, but I found out about PK, Paul Kim, who is a founder of collaboration. And seeing his one song, uh, a song for Oma, completely changed my life. My boyfriend at the time sent me the actual video file because we didn't have YouTube yet. He literally, I think, uploaded it onto an FTP website and I downloaded it directly. I think it took about a day. I watched this video and I learned about this guy, Paul Kim, who started an organization called Collaboration. He started it in Los Angeles and he made it specifically for Asian American Pacific Islanders to get up and stop, to start undoing the negative stereotypes that were rampant pretty much since the beginning of entertainment media. So um, that was like the starting point. I met PK because I became president of the Korean American Student Association and um, brought him out to our culture night. I 
Loved him. He was great. He became like a great big brother figure to me. Still is to this day. Shout out to PK. I owe you so much. And um, yeah, I kind of gave him, I threw him a little shade, (laughs) some friendly shade. I was like, why don't we have a collaboration chapter? Because there are chapters all, not all across the country, but there are several chapters like Chicago and New York and Toronto, but I didn't see a San Francisco Bay Area. So my nerdy ass went on Wikipedia, and I was like, PK, did you know that we have more Asian Americans per capita in the Bay Area than Los Angeles? Like, why? Why is this not here? And PK explained to me very kindly, because he's a great guy, he was just like, it's a volunteer gig, and we need people like you who are passionate about it to run it. So do you want to run it? And I was like, no. Um, I just, in my mind, I equated it with such a big organization. Like, it was a very lofty idea to become director of Collaboration San Francisco. So I was like, hell no. I'm a student. I have things to do. How am I going to run an organization? And I said no. Um, Two years later, when I was working in public health, working in violence prevention, I decided to participate because a friend of a friend brought me in. Um, Thanks to Facebook, she knew me as like, oh, Minji likes Asian stuff. She talks about her Asian identity. Like, she's into all that, that nonsense. So she recommended me to her friend who became the director. I became the associate director. And the rest was history. So my journey with collaboration started in 2009. And um, it's been a really, really long, amazing journey. I, I want to continue to reflect on that path, maybe in more bite-sized chunks along the way on this podcast. But really, um, it's been nine years. And really, my whole life, uh, really, yeah, like my whole life for the last nine years. And... I have learned so much from it. I've grown so much as a result of being part of it and really feel like it it seriously has altered and created the trajectory of the rest of my life. So low-key, no big deal. Uh, I owe a lot to collab. And I'm very grateful that that my ex sent me that video, that I had the chance to meet PK, that he put the offer on the table for me, and that a couple years later, you know, that seed that was planted germinated and that I finally had the courage to go for it. Uh, Collaboration, in summary, for those of you who don't know that much about it, it's collaboration with a K, by the way, if you ever want to look it up. It's a grassroots movement. Um, We grew from one show in Los Angeles in 2000 to over 150 showcases in 18 major cities in North America. We've featured over 1,100 Asian American Pacific Islander artists um, in music, dance, and comedy. We had some randoms in there as well, some yo-yo people, some magicians. But basically, it was just a community of artists who wanted to get out there and fight some external not villains, just external challenges, the rampant racism in Hollywood, um, systemic bias and prejudice, and just ignorance. Not all of it is hostile, but there's definitely a lack of representation. And also the internal battle of being other. I learned along the way how much my Asian American identity shaped my entire life. And it took me up until now, I'm in my 30s, to really honestly embrace it 
to make it my friend versus my enemy. And um, I definitely want to have another podcast. I have have an idea for an amazing guest for that topic specifically. But collaboration was like this perfect arena for me to dapple in the art, dapple, to dabble in the arts, to... um, to flex my muscles and see what a what a artist I could be and also what a producer is and to put on these showcases to be a community organizer, to be a public speaker, to be an MC, to be a creative director and to be a leader and to be a friend. So it would literally take me hours upon hours to reflect on all the people that I got to meet, but I've literally met hundreds I would say it's probably like a thousand people and it's no joke uh, through collaboration. And, you know, not everyone I liked, but I certainly learned from every single person and I learned from every single experience. And a lot of it was pretty stressful, but I honestly wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. And I think that's a pretty great note to to leave it on. Um So the reason why I'm leaving collaboration is not because I want to. I actually realized that I will never want to leave collaboration. But I decided that at this point in my life, being the global executive director, which is the role that I've played overseeing all the city chapters for the last five years, um, I think that chapter needs to come to a close so that I can pursue the other things that I really want to grow and expand in, specifically I want to expand as an actor. And in my journey as an actor, I also really want to write and direct, which I never thought I would want to do. And now I'm like terrified and really excited about it. So that's why I'm in my 30s now. I'm a homeowner. Still haven't made my podcast episode about becoming a homeowner. It's coming. Holy crap, you guys, the drama that has been associated with this that part of my life. You can't write this shit. Like, you can't. It's just ridiculous um so yeah i'm a homeowner my parents are aging um you know who knows when i'll I'll make a family but uh, you know time's clock's ticking and i'm getting older my body's getting more tired so the the urgency of time has become all the more precious to me so i i'm basically decided i'll never be ready to be, be ready to leave collab and um it's something i just i have to take that risk to go for my dreams Because really, like, you'll never be ready. And uh, I just want to really quickly thank every single person who's been listening along to Collabcast. I I mean, to well, yeah, Collabcast. That's where my podcast career really started. But also to, first of all, because y'all have been hearing me reflect on it here and there. And I'm just astounded by how many people have been listening along and supporting me and we don't even really know each other like I want you to know me but I don't know I don't know you some people I haven't met but I've gotten such wonderful encouragement and I just I'm really grateful to y'all because it really is because of that affirmation and that validation and that support that I felt like okay I can do this I really can do this um yeah so yay thank you Moving on, I want to do some quick, hopefully quick, reflections. Being a millennial, being a woman, being Asian American, a woman of color, uh, being a California girl, I've had a very unique set of experiences uh, playing this role as global executive director of collaboration. 
um, working specifically in advancing diversity in media. It's been a very eye-opening experience, not only because I'm working with the world outside of Asian America, but really internally. I mean, oh, my God, I could write, maybe I should write a book, like really the memoirs of the internal highs and lows. It's it's supremely entertaining. I actually think it could be fun. Um, and maybe I can, like, be a little bit bolder about throwing shade. <laughs> I've always refrained because I'm like, well, I want to, like, be very, very sensitive and very diplomatic. But I don't know. I'm also the kind of person, like, we need to share our stuff. We need to like, talk some stuff out. So once I approach the things personally, you know, I won't put people on blast publicly in a book before I address it. I'll, I'll talk to them one-on-one, and then they won't be surprised if I ever refer to it in a, in a future book. Uh, I'm just, like, spitballing right now with you guys, so thanks for tuning in. But um, some reflections in terms of being a professional, being a leader, uh, being part of the nonprofit world, working in entertainment. There are some pretty universal things that I want to share with everybody, and I think anyone, people are listening in. I don't know the actual age demographic. I know that it's pretty international, which is amazing. But if you're figuring stuff out, if you want to choose a new path in life, or if you want to advance or grow where you are, um, or you just don't even know, these are some of my tips or my reflections that I hope will help guide you. And these are the things I learned from my time being global executive director of collaboration. Number one is you will never be ready. Like just accept that. If you do accept that, I think that it could actually be your greatest ally. Um, I think a lot of us hold out on a lot of things because we just don't feel like we're prepared enough. Now, there's a difference between being prepared and not prepared, but you'll never fully be ready for anything. When an opportunity falls in your lap, when someone says, hey, do you want to be the director of this? Hey, do you want to start a project? Hey, do you want to like expand your expertise and do something different? Do you want to like share your knowledge, become a public speaker? All these opportunities will arise and you're never going to be 100% ready. And I learned in good and bad ways the the challenges and the triumph of just being kind of dropped into a rushing rapid river. And I've learned how to thrive off of that. And I think in a way that difficulty, like when I was younger and it first was happening, it it messed me up. Like it really had me self-doubting, self, you know, just berating myself and not feeling like I was good enough at times. But it also made me have to survive. So I figured it out. I figured out a lot more than I thought I was capable for. So just if you kind of approach things that you'll never be 100% ready, that risk won't feel as big. And I think the risk could then become adventure. It can be exciting. It can be exhilarating. It can be this challenge that you overcome and later you're like, yes, I did that. I wasn't ready, but I still did it. You know, um, can it can drive courage. So you'll never be ready. Two, um, collaborating. I gotta give props to collaboration because that's literally the name. Collaborating is hard, okay? But you gotta do it. And you have to learn how to work with pretty much everyone because it's to your benefit. I'm not saying because you you need to serve other people. I'm literally saying it from like a selfish point of view. 
it's to your benefit to learn how to work with everyone, especially or including people that you may not like at first. My first meeting for Collaboration San Francisco, half the staff, I'm not going to say who because some of you all might be listening, but I'll tell you to your face. Um, Half the staff, half the volunteers that I was on this brand new team with, I did not like off the bat. I did not like their vibe. I didn't like what they were talking about. I was kind of annoyed by an individual or two. But I realized over time how that was a strength of ours to be so different, to have different perspectives. And some of these people, no, I'm all of them. All of them became my friends in a short amount of time once I kind of got off my high horse and I decided like, I got to work with these people. Let's see how we can work together. Um, it might not have been as smooth as that. I'm like framing it so idyllically, but it wasn't. But in any case, that process really taught me the benefit of giving people the benefit of the doubt, appreciating things about others, and really appreciating the fact that people different than me, people who don't necessarily agree with me all the time, they have value as well. And um, it's not, it's not always good or good maybe ever to just be in an echo chamber where you're with people who agree with you all the time or you're who's just like you so yeah get comfortable with being uncomfortable and make yourself comfortable with that and it's great you can make some great friends these friends of mine i love to the end of time i think they're fantastic people and they taught me a lot and humbled me so i'm very grateful to them so learn how to collaborate uh Three, even if you are not the leader, the head honcho, you are still a leader. I think leadership has been a really key component in my life since high school, um, since I joined student government at a young age. I don't really know what possessed me to do that. I was so shy when I was younger. But that experience and that journey, basically since I was 14 till now, I've learned that we are all leaders in our own lives. And I know that sounds really cliche and we all might have seen it on a t-shirt or bumper sticker or some pamphlet somewhere, but it's very, very true. Nobody cares about your life or your trajectory, your future as much as you do. Y'all could argue with me about your parents and all that stuff, but like really though, at the end of the day, you are running your life. You are running your career. You are the one who sets the tone. You are the one who builds your relationships. It does come down to you. So if you kind of embrace and accept that responsibility that you are a leader I mean amazing things happen I really kind of had a big ego when I was younger and I think I needed the validation of titles and like responsibilities but in doing that I think it really humbled me to see what a leader actually is and what it requires it requires a lot of listening it requires a lot of curiosity it requires a lot of um assertiveness and confidence when needed and it it requires an an attitude of service and and give and take and it's just been really phenomenal and awful at times like to see how much responsibility but how much reward you get out of accepting leadership at least for your own self and to see how far you can excel once you get good at that you know and um, not limiting yourself. Who says you can't be head honcho? And you know what? Also, that's not for everybody. Like, legit, I've been the leader in a lot of cases. And uh, I don't regret anything. But 
You know, there's no disrespect to people who don't want the biggest title and who don't want to be the top of the food chain. Like, everyone does play a role. So be a leader in your own life. Be a leader in the grander scheme of things and, like, an organization. I think there's incredible value to either scenario um, and everything in between. So it's really kind of like how you perceive it yourself and how you where you take it. So uh, you a leader. Embrace it. Number four, I'm going to try to be quicker. Learn your industry. Ask questions and be curious. Uh, for a lot of millennials, you know, we get the stereotype that we, we can be lazy. I don't, like, yes, but also, like, I, I spoke on a panel at South by Southwest last week or two weeks ago. I I think there's a lot of, like, hacks that are happening. I think we want to get our answers kind of quicker. So I don't necessarily see a lot of laziness. There are a lot of stupid questions out there where you're literally, like, you have a computer in your hand. Google it. Uh, there are definitely those moments. But in general, I think uh, just maintaining an attitude of curiosity and knowing your industry, whatever you're in, Asking questions can take you so far, and um, remaining curious will be such a great asset to you. It will be a key component of advancement because you just kind of want to know, how does this work? How can I move this forward? Who is a good person to know? Who's already doing stuff that might be related to this? So learn and be curious. Ask questions. Number five, do not wait for permission. There's a way to collaborate with people, and there's a way to be respectful. And I'm not saying like go shit on people but don't you don't have to wait for somebody to like tell you you can do something there are a lot of instances where you can take the initiative and just make things happen on your own for example i don't know why but i thought about having a leadership conference for asian american creatives for years and 2015 it finally was just like i don't know why who am i waiting for permission to like give me the green light to do this we know a lot of people through collaboration let's just make it happen And so that year, um, our team, we just like rallied and we got 40 speakers to come out and donate their time. These are like the VP of CBS, Tamlin Tamita, who's from Joy Luck Club and Karate Kid 2 and freaking had Ali Wong show up. Like it was ridiculous. And that was really because we weren't waiting for someone to be like, yeah, that's a great idea. Go ahead and do it. We kind of were like, we think it's a great idea. Uh, We know a lot of people. We also know how to put on events. Let's just do it. And honestly, it's become one of the strongest things that collaboration does and something that is really quickly growing. Um, And that's just one example. But, you know, if you can do it respectfully, if you can do it collaboratively, but you're proactive, you don't have to wait for people to, like, give you the green light. Uh, A lot of people love it when you show initiative and uh, take ownership of what you can do. So get out there. Go make waves. Make things happen. Number six find a mentor. I was lucky to kind of receive a mentor. I didn't go seeking one. I just kind of got to connect with PK. um, And I just kept meeting incredible people, including my dear friend, Irene Cho. You know, not everyone's going to become like your counselor, your your guide. But if you have people that you can look up to, that you want to emulate, that you admire and like learn about their trajectory and how they went about their industry or how they overcame challenges, that inspiration and that education is beyond valuable it is so helpful and it's not to say that you cannot do it alone you can but if you can do it with insight and support and like 
consolation, like someone else went through something really hard. Like if they can do it, I can do it. It really does wonders. And um, if you can find a specific mentor that can help you in very technical ways, like they are affiliated with like an agency or they just know the tech industry ins and outs or they have a very specific high role that you want to become. Those mentors, I mean, of course, they're even more valuable. I'm still seeking mine. Um, I've kind of been more of a lone wolf in, in that aspect, but now I'm realizing like these people are beyond important. So I highly recommend find a mentor. And also, if they believe in you and others believe in you, believe them. If they're taking the time and they give you uh, their backing, just receive it and accept it. Uh, seven, conducting yourself with an attitude of gratitude and an attitude of service will get you very far and much faster than if you are entitled and if you're uh, lazy, if you're shitty. I'm just like, sorry to be so crude about it, but I've met in the entertainment industry and in the Asian American community, I've met some really amazing people, like beyond, like I cannot comprehend how they're so humble and kind and helpful. And I've met the worst people who have negative attitudes who have nothing constructive it's not even positive constructive to say they just complain for the sake of complaining they don't do anything about it those are the people that kind of just grind my gears maybe more than anybody because there's nothing wrong with pointing out things that are not working well but if you're gonna just call things out and complain and not do anything about it you're just kind of, in my opinion, being a little bit of a waste of space. So I think if you maintain this attitude of gratitude that if you have an opportunity and you see something that other people don't see that you can help solve and you want to contribute your perspective to help making it better, that's amazing. People gravitate towards that. That is like moth to a flame, man. Who doesn't like somebody who is smart enough to be able to see, hey, this thing could be better? Um, these this uh, this structure of the team maybe not be working for this company. Uh, maybe the programming for this is not reaching the ideal audience. I don't know, whatever that may be, but they make that that problem of a solvable problem. That's dope. And they're doing it in a way, if they do it in a way where they're contributing to being part of a team, being part of the solution, yo, that's golden. Like, holler at me and let's work together be grateful and make situations better number eight um be ambitious like do not limit yourself it's the whole dream big aspect i as a woman i have learned so extensively especially in the contrast of me being around a lot of men how much i limit myself and thankfully the last few years have been a breaking of that glass ceiling and feeling like yeah, the sky really is the limit. Sometimes it takes a while for you to actually believe that. But it's very great to be ambitious. I think it's there's there's nothing wrong with being ambitious. And being ambitious is different than being greedy, mind you. Um, but if you want to help people, if you want to make something spectacular, if you want to make a piece of art or start a business or, you know, build a coalition or something, like, that's amazing. And in the meantime, while you're ambitious stay humble. <laughs> uh, be humble, sit down and pay your dues. 
See, those two things go very much hand in hand. Be ambitious as hell, but be humble as hell. Like you gotta know you can get there. Absolutely. And it's going to take time and you got to pay your dues just like everybody else. Number nine, you don't need everybody to like you as a, again, (laughs) Asian female. uh, And honestly, with like the millennials and like social media and all these like instant gratification things, I've been so obsessed with like my image and if everyone's going to agree with me and oh, is anyone going to like criticize what I do? That's been a lifelong challenge for me. But the more the older I get, the more I'm appreciating that I don't need everybody to like me. I don't need everybody to agree with me. I, I hope that people respect me and hear me out. I can only have that by by practicing that and ha- contributing that to others. But um, you don't need everybody to like you. Sometimes if you're odds with people and those people are at odds with you, that kind of makes sense because y'all are not on the same page. That's okay. And if we can get over like needing to be liked and validated by everybody, I mean— that's part of the journey. It's like don't be don't don't hold yourself back because you're scared that people will disagree or not like you. It's just why, you know. Uh, ten, you got to know your worth and stand by it. Again, Asian female complex. I've, I have. Uh, it's funny because I feel like I've built a, a confidence and an understanding of my value, but I've still struggled to assert my worth. And that can be reflected in everything from pay. So if someone's asking me to come speak and I don't have, you know, the courage to ask for a speaker's fee or to get my travel covered, there's a stark difference, y'all. And I know that it's changing right now and I love that it is, but there is a very stark difference. And again, I was just at South by Southwest last week. There's a very different, big difference between how women approach negotiating, how they approach um, monetary value of their services between men and women. And uh, the more people I meet, the more that I get data and feedback that that's absolutely the case. I was invited to speak on a panel last week by a man who helps book women speakers and he sees how significantly the disparity like persists a man can ask easily oh you want i'm an expert in my field i'm gonna come speak for five thousand dollars my rate please cover my travel and lodging take a woman of the maybe even the same role at a different company she'll ask for half maybe less and she'll just be like, oh, well, you don't, I'll fly myself out, but, uh, you know, please just, could I maybe sort of kind of get this much would be really nice, maybe? And that's still a thing that we're overcoming. So I, I'm putting that out in the universe. I'm still learning it myself. I've learned a lot and I've had a lot of experiences. I want to share those experiences. I also want to pay my rent and I also want to be valued for what I do. Um you know, you got to learn that. So keep that in mind. Um, It's a fine balance learning not to get ahead of yourself and not getting arrogant or cocky, but you got to ask. And a lot of times if you don't ask and you don't know your value and you don't know how to put that out there in in a professional, respectful way, you won't receive it. People will take advantage of you. They will not recognize your worth because you don't embody it yourself. So that's an ongoing challenge for me. Um, but I hope that y'all will learn your worth and stand by it. And on that note, number 11, don't be afraid to do things for free, though. If you're at the beginning, if you're transitioning to something new, um, if you're expanding, growing, etc., 
You got to find the right places to just do the work for the sake of learning and doing the work. There is no better educator than the doing, right? You can be theoretical. You can criticize other people's events. You can say, oh, that film is bad and that actor's bad. Or, but like until you actually do it, there's a very big difference between ideas and then the execution, right? So that experience will be really, really, really helpful and critical for you to grow as a professional um, and for people to take you seriously. So there are times when you just got to bite the bullet and just do work for free. And that's part of the hustle. And you got to gauge that as you go um, to volunteer, to be of service, because you yourself are going to be gaining education, knowledge, insight, contacts, networking opportunities by being in that room. And then know when you want to transition out of doing stuff for free to being a paid XYZ. Um, that's for every person to figure out for themselves. I've I've been in situations where uh, I got I got butt hurt because I felt like I was doing work for free that I ought to have been paid for, and that's a good thing to experience because again you kind of go into different scenarios and you're like okay I remember I've already done like three of these events for free I'm good at this, and if they cannot compensate me for my time I cannot give four to six hours of my time to run their event and not get paid for it. Because again, we all got to survive. We got to pay rent and got to eat and grow and thrive. So um, part of that humility thing is just learning how to do stuff for free for the opportunities, for the learning experience, and then figuring out where that stops and where you can start being a professional and being paid for it. So that's number 11. Um, And number 12... um, biggest lesson and i'm gonna start crying do not ever minimize the importance of supporting other people if you have people helping you or if you believe in somebody show them tell them help them again you'll get so much out of it too it's not like a like a sacrificing of self we benefit off of working with one another And you cannot do anything or everything. You can't do everything alone. So if you're lucky enough to find people who share your vision or have talents that complement you um, and can help you build something, appreciate that and support others. I started collaboration just because I, like, believe so much in what it stood for, getting dope Asian American artists out there to represent me and represent where I come from in my community. And these people become my friends and they are the ones pushing me in my endeavors as well. And I didn't start out to gain that. Um, I appreciate that. And everyone I met with collab has such a pure heart. Like there's no person in their right mind who um, just chases passions so that they can get every like the journey of it is what they get out of it. Right. And there are people out there who really put their money and their time where their mouth is. So, yeah, I feel like 12 is a little bit ambiguous, but just support other people. You know, like you're a leader. It's about you. Know your worth. Build your your education. Know your industry. Figure out your value. Fight for it. Be okay with people not liking you. But if you like people and if you support them, do it. 
and do not do it passively. Don't do it just in thoughts. Like thought, I really believe in the power of thoughts and energy. That that stuff is very powerful. But if you can externalize that and put five dollars into their Kickstarter, if you can like their Facebook post or comment or send them a note or meet up with them or ask them how they're doing or see how you can help make their life better, more productive, um, and help them achieve their success, it comes back to you tenfold. I mean, that's not necessarily the reason to do it, but I'm just assuring you, it will come back to you tenfold. I had no idea that me just like meeting, wanting to meet famous people and like putting Asian American artists that I like on blast would come back to me so in my opinion, like a million fold. Um, I have friends that are in the business that are in TV and movies and um, that have records that are on the radio. Like I am so blown away in the way that they inspire me. I can't even calculate the value. Um, They're my friends and like they believe in me and I can't tell you how much that, that has altered everything. So that's it. Uh, I think we've probably been talking for like 45 minutes now. And I hope that this was helpful. And, um, yeah, I, I will be stepping down. April's my last month as a full-time employee with Collaboration. And after that, I'll be flying solo for real as a freelance speaker, as a podcast host, as an MC, as an actor and writer. And I really just want to quickly shout out um, to my Patreon patrons who have given me, you know, their hard-earned money and believe in me to help build this podcast and I apologize for the times that I've ducked out and not been consistent but I am continuing to persist and put out there that I want to build this podcast I have like four guests in the next couple days we're going to be recording non-stop because I have so many ideas for conversations and uh, segments there's like a new season of specific segments that I want to do this summer so Yeah, I'm really excited about that. And thank you because y'all at the beginning, like the people who've been listening since the beginning and even now, like these are still the early stages of my career. I still, you know, even though I've been working for a while in terms of my creative career, I feel like it's just beginning. I am scared, but also really, really excited. And um, I'm going to have a good time. I just I realize how blessed I am. This is this is like the best way to make a living. So uh, if you want me to come speak at anything, as you can tell, I love meeting people and talking with them. That's literally what I think I've been put on earth to do. So uh, I've been invited. It's so amazing. I did a Facebook Live video announcing that I'm stepping down from collaboration. I put the ask out there saying, I want to speak. I want to share thoughts. I want to contribute to the conversations about women, about being millennial, about being Asian, about being an artist, um, about being an entrepreneur. And all the different things that I've learned along the way because I've just been so lucky to meet like some of the most incredible people I think in the world. And I'll continue to do that. I want to keep building that conversation. So if you want me to come speak for anything, if you feel compelled to, thank you to friends because I'm going to be speaking at some pretty big companies that I won't announce until it's like set in stone. But I'm freaking excited and uh, crazy stuff happens when you ask. So I'm asking you if I can help you, if I can uh, contribute to your company, to your workplace, you know, to your brand, whatever. I'm totally down. I would love to meet you. I'd love to talk to you and learn about you and give you my thoughts. Um, If you have feedback, you want to email me, email firstofallpod at gmail.com. If you have suggestions for guests or topics, 
holler at me. And if you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. Uh, it really does wonders and th- it does a lot for my soul. Thank you to everybody who has already. And if you have a friend that this would be helpful to, please share it. I've noticed uh, someone actually, shout out to George. Thanks for coming up to me and saying hi at South by. I was hosting two events with collaboration at South by Southwest and George is a listener. And I was so blown away that he listens and that he has listened to like this whole time and that he introduced himself. It was really cool to meet you. And, um, yeah, George gave me some great insight, and I love hearing back from you. It does so much um, to know that, you know, it helps people. So if you have somebody in your life where anything I said could help them, just, this is a long episode. Just tell them, like, hey, minutes 5 to 12 are really helpful. Tell them, okay? Um, thank you to Aquafina for letting me use her song, Yellow Ranger. Thank you to my producer, sound engineer, Marvin Yue. You're my podcast king. You're one of my really dear friends, and Marvin's been there with me the last five years with collaboration, and I'm beyond grateful for him. This all wouldn't exist without him. And uh, yeah, follow me on Instagram. My personal account is Minjeezy, M I N J E E Z Y. You can find me at First of All Pod. I don't update it that much, just a disclaimer, but I update my personal one. And um, I'm working on it. I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. Love you guys. Have a great day. See you next week. Bye.